Hello listener and welcome to the latest episode of the Pure Football Podcast. Um, this is the podcast that brings you the stats, rumours and stories from Scottish football and beyond for fans, by fans, just like you. Uh, my name's Owen Brown and I'm joined uh, this evening by my co-host Gavin Miller. Gavin, how are you? Yeah, really good, thanks mate, how are you? Yeah, I'm good. It's good to be back uh, with you on the podcast. Um, if you've not checked out, listener, um, then recently Gavin released a bonus podcast um, with Ali Maxwell of the Not The Top 20 um, podcast, which is a English Football League-focused podcast. Um, Gavin guested on their show, and then they returned the favour by guesting on our show with Gavin. If you've not uh, listened to that, then I, I highly recommend it. But um, Scottish football is back upon us. Uh, the Scottish Premiership season kicks off this coming weekend on Saturday, the 3rd of August, when Celtic play St Johnston, Hibs play St Mirren, Livingston play Motherwell, Ross County play Hamilton, then on a Sunday uh, it's followed up with Kilmarnock uh, hosting Rangers. So this uh, week's podcast is going to be all about the Scottish Premiership and it's going to be predictions. So Gavin and I are going to talk you through our predictions for which um, spot in the league each of the 12 teams will land in and also a little bit of chat about what they could do in the transfer window if there's maybe one position that we think they need to strengthen um, before the close of the window to perhaps um, be able to prove us wrong in our prediction and move slightly (laughs) up the table. Um, I wanted to start with Gavin tonight, given the theme is predictions, with a little bit of a random curveball question. Um, Gavin, taking us away from Scottish football momentarily. Who's going to win the Champions League in 2019-2020 season? Uh, wow, you caught me off guard there. I'm going to say that it is Barcelona. That's exactly what I was thinking too, actually. Yeah. Um, listener, if you feel differently, hit us up on Twitter, as ever, at Pure Football is the account to reach out to. Tell us who you think will win the Champions League. Um, give us your responses to the predictions that we lay down tonight. Tell us how um, silly we've been. And make sure you keep receipts um, so that at the <laughs> end of the season uh, we can all you know, kind of uh, uh, say who's been right and who's been wrong. And before we launch into the predictions, finally, I um, just want to give Gavin a quick opportunity to talk about Pure Football's kind of latest um, venture, which is uh, a football fantasy league, but not just any old fantasy football league. This is a a Scottish one. Um, Gavin, tell us a little bit about um, what we're kind of getting involved in and what the listeners can get involved in too. Yeah, so uh, a couple of days ago on Twitter, um, at Fantasy Scotland dropped the Scottish Football Fantasy League app, um, which, first of all, you know... to be completely fair, the app's a little bit clunky, but I think it's simple at the same time, uh, which is always a good start. Um, there's nothing worse than when these things are overcomplicated. Um, but most importantly, I guess, uh, we decided to launch a prize league and see what we could uh, get in terms of donations for prizes. And so far, the response has been incredible. Um, there's so many people that I need to thank and there's so many people that have put in, you know, this is money from their businesses that they're giving away um, as part of our prize league. Right now, uh, there's 900 people in our prize league, which I think is incredible. And thank you so much to uh, everyone that has joined it. But just a couple of really quick shout outs to the people that have donated. And that ranges from uh, Football Stadium Prince, Open Goal, Daniel Gray, Total Football Analysis, Counter-Attack the Game, uh, After Extra Time Shirts, Through the Turnstile T-Shirts, Lee Scott, Nostalgia Cases, Footy Pad, Nutmeg, Michael Bo- uh, Bocho from the Scotland uh, setup donated two tickets for the Scotland-Russia game, 
Um, we've got tickets for the Lanarkshire Derby, the Hamilton Motherwell game, four free tickets to see Stenish Muir and four free pies, which is an absolute dream. Um, tickets to see BSC Glasgow play Spartans in their Christmas special and four tickets to the Women's Scottish Cup final, which will be in November. Um, it's been absolutely incredible and a special thank you just finally to uh, Cami Anderson who helped uh, create the image that's currently circulating on Twitter so big thank you to everyone that's been involved and uh, if you go on our Twitter page you'll, you'll be able to find all the details for this and there's still time to join yeah please do join I've even been persuaded to join <laughs> not normally um, that into fantasy football which is maybe a surprise to some but um, Possession and Corners FC are the team to watch uh, that's me <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah what a fantastic array of prizes so please do join in if you haven't already submitted a team but um, for now let's crack on with our predictions we're doing this in kind of alphabetical order so the first team naturally is Aberdeen Gavin do you want to give me a little bit of your view about where Aberdeen might finish this season and what you think about what they need to do in the transfer window and so on? Uh, yeah, no problem. So uh, Aberdeen, first of all, uh, I swayed in my head a couple of times about where to put Aberdeen. I, I eventually settled on third again. Um, it was a, a toss-up between them and another club um, that I'll get to later. But uh, the reason that I, I opted for Aberdeen third is it's the consistency of the, the management structure that's in place um, with Derek McInnes. Um, I think there's quite a lot of continuity still at Aberdeen in terms of expectations. Um, I do think that they're close to dropping off um, with the players that they've lost, such as Graham Shinney and Gary Mackay-Stevens, but I think the chase and pack still has a bit of work to do before they, they can catch Aberdeen. And there's obviously still rumours circulating just now about whether Scott McKenna uh, will remain uh, in Scotland or whether he'll be moving to I think it was QPR and Nottingham Forest were the teams that I seen were linked with them um, I think it was £3 million that was reported I'd be surprised if Aberdeen cashed in on that amount but I do think the resolve could be tested if the bids came in around about 5 or £6 million. Uh, I know that was turned down last year but I think uh, with the rebuild job that Aberdeen have ahead of them maybe sacrificing McKenna to give uh, McKenna some of those transfer funds um, for the overall playing squad is something that they, they might have to do. If there were funds that came in, where would you put them? Or, or you know, even if they didn't, what, what do you think Aberdeen should be doing this window if, if they should be making a move? So I, I'm still worried about the creativity um, from Aberdeen. Uh, obviously they lost uh, Gary Mackay-Stevens, um, who I think was one of their, their key players um, in terms of creating chances. I think that the, the one specific player that I identified that felt like a real, realistic target that they could maybe go for would be uh, Lewis Morgan from Celtic. I know he's played uh, a few games for Celtic in the Europa League run, but I think once uh, Schved comes into the, the, you know, the Celtic squad that we might see Lewis Morgan drop off. Um, there's also Daniel Arzani coming back, who they've got in another 12 months from... Man City, um, so I feel like just by default Lewis Morgan might start to get pushed out and I think for Aberdeen he would be a starter every week and Celtic and Aberdeen already have that relationship in terms of how we've seen uh, Ryan Christie grow and develop at Aberdeen so I think they would trust uh, a player like that to develop there uh, and it just made a bit of sense for me overall. But just before we, you know, we move on to the next club, Owen, can you just remind the listeners of your prediction uh, around Aberdeen's star striker? Uh, was that Curtis Mayne or Sam Cosgrove, who's the star? <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I said that Cosgrove wouldn't get more than eight 
league goals this season. Is that is that right? Is that ring a bell yep, th- for you as I, well? I think it was. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I, I do. You know, I, I don't mean that as any disrespect to him. Obviously, he did brilliantly last season in terms of the number of goals that he scored, but quite a lot of them were penalties. Um, some were maybe lower kind of XG chances, you know, um, and I, similarly to you, um, let's put some of this on you as well, I, I just have some slight concern about their creativity and their kind of methods of uh, making chances for um, players, so... I am anticipating a little bit of a dip for him. Do you have any Aberdeen players in your fantasy football Scotland team? I I have two right now. Uh, I've got Connor McLennan, who I think is uh, he's an absolute steal in it. Um, and I've also been a little bit tactful. And uh, Aberdeen's running for the first four games is quite favourable. So uh, for my, I'm putting Joe Lewis in, even so I'm not a big fan. But just based on the games that. Uh, Rangers and Celtic have, I could see Aberdeen potentially getting more clean sheets. Look at Gavin giving you the fantasy football tips here, guys. Look at the schedule. You can you know, transfer in and out, remember that. So um, the, the, the rules are all on the fantasy football kind of website and medium. Um, but yeah, that's, that's pretty smart thinking, Gavin, to be ready to have him for a good run of fixtures and then maybe move him out when things are uh, tougher schedule-wise for Aberdeen. The only, the only way to win these sort of things is to by being active and quite forward planning. And I have plenty of free time on my hands, so that's exactly what I'm going to spend my time on. Okay, I've got a fair bit of free time, but active and forward planning are um, another matter. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, let's move on to the next team, if that's okay with you. Um, just, I, I guess I should say where I predicted Aberdeen should uh, would land, I said fourth. Um, and I think you were maybe kind of pondering between third and fourth, yep. so that's that's pretty good. You said third, I said fourth. Um, the next team on our list, alphabetically, is Celtic. So um, Celtic, I am um, going to talk about them. I am going to talk about them. Um, I think that Celtic will win the league again. Um, so I have Celtic as coming down in first. Um, I do think that it might be a little bit tougher for them um, than some of the previous seasons have been, um, given the competition from Rangers um, is going to be better than it was in the past um, you would presume and there is obviously the adjustment to being under Lennon for the full season however I think the signs in terms of um, pre-season and European games have been good um, and I think that they have the quality squad um, and kind of overall depth and breadth of quality to mean that they should retain the title how about you? Do, you? do you agree? Do you have a different prediction for where they'll end up? I think there might be a difference if Kieran Tierney isn't there. I think that could be quite a big loss. And we've seen Celtic didn't deal really well with... Um, obviously, they still won the league, right? So I'm not... They did obviously deal well overall. Um, but I just... I wonder if that could create a bit of unrest. You know, the performances under Neil Lennon towards the end of last season... Weren't that great? Losing someone who's, you know, as loved by the fans as Kieran Tierney is, could that just create that unnecessary, um, you know, unrest throughout the, the full club? Does that make them panic by? Um, Neil Lennon said that there's a um, there's a contingency in place just in case. I seen an amazing tweet from the, the guys at the 90 Minute Cynic, which uh, was the Trojan horse with Izagiri. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I saw that too. <laughs> is that... Is that the contingency plan, uh, Izagiri? Um, look, I, I don't disagree that obviously Tierney is a, um, would be an incredible loss uh, for the club and then they would need to be very careful about how they spent whatever they got from. But I, I think that 
in an attacking sense at least. Colin Goalie looks as though he might be pretty good. Um, I, th- I think you know we spoke about him a wee bit before in the podcast, and I think he maybe will inject a little bit of um, something a wee bit different, a bit direct, a bit more kind of focused on kind of value heavy passes. So I'm maybe not as um, concerned for them about that happening as as some people might be. Um, I guess my concerns probably still lie on the other flank at right back. Um, so they brought in Hatem Abd El Hamed, but it's not clear to me or anybody, I guess, um, whether he is a right back or a centre back or, or a bit of both or a bit of neither. Um, I still think that they probably do need a quality right back. Um, I, I don't know exactly what the system will be. I mean, it looks like potentially um, Lennon might look at trying to get Griffiths and Edward on the pitch together. Will that mean that it's like a right wing back? Will Forrest be asked to play there or will it be Ayer as a sort of... Um, right-sided centre-back and a sort of semi-three at the back with, with no right-back. Who knows? Um, but I would say, if if given that the purpose of this exercise somewhat is to see what um, area we would strengthen transfer-wise, right-back, I think, still needs to be the thing for, for Celtic. Um, and then maybe some other things, depending on what else happens in the window, if there's any movement out of people like Cham or Tierney and, and so on. And um, maybe Jack Henry, you know, whether that necessitates another centre back and so on. So, did you say whether you thought they would finish first or not? To put me on the spot, yeah, I think Celtic will still win the league. Um, I was, it was more just in about a way where they might not win it as, sure. uh, if they lose someone like Kieran Tierney. But got you. That's, it's all still speculation, so we'll just have to wait and see. Sure. So the next team on the list alphabetically then is Hamilton Ackies. Gavin, you want to give me your take on where they'll end up and you know what your thoughts are and transfers and so on? So I had two two thoughts in my head around about Hamilton and I opted for the negative one. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. And uh, I've got Hamilton finishing 12th. I think they will finally go down. I wasn't really impressed with um, Brian Rice, um, to be honest. People said that he was coming in as a an attack-minded coach and he was going to try and change some of the philosophies. That was... That was made up narrative wasn't it yeah that's just how it came across i didn't see that in any games i didn't i didn't feel like even even in you know if you watch games and they get beat it wasn't like they were getting beat and they were you know on the the front foot or they were going forward and you know really pressing teams that it was still much the same i worry about their creativity i worry about where goals are going to come from but then i also really worry about their goalkeeping situation more than anything else um, they picked up Owen Fawn Williams from Inverness Cali Thistle and Kyle Gurley, who was a backup goalkeeper at Dundee. Um, Fawn Williams, I think, was playing in the uh, NASL League last year on loan um, in America, so I'm not too sure about the quality you're going to get from him. And from what I remember at Inverness, he wasn't that great either. So I am really worried about that. Uh, the positive, One positive thing I'll give for any... Hamilton fans that are listening, uh, I am quite excited to see how the kid from Everton does, uh, Adedoyne. Um He looks like he could be something different to what they've signed previously. It could be quite nice seeing him and George Oakley up front. Um, a little bit of that, you know, uh, stereotypical little and large type um, combination, but that that is something that interests me. Um, but it's just the, the creativity side of it, so they don't really have any playmakers in my opinion so that'll be a worry um and, and yeah i thought so as i mentioned what i'm jumping back to the goalkeeper situation here if i was to um to pick up one position that they need to address and it would go back to the goalkeeper 
And I thought, what about making an ambitious move for Senny Dieng? Yeah, um, I, I, I like it. Especially given Kelly's in there at QPR now, there might be room for Dieng to come out. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't disagree with that at all. Is that the, the kind of spot you'd look to improve? Yeah, I think that needs to be addressed. I think if you're going to be under the under the pressure that I expect Hamilton to be in, you need to have a major upgrade on Gary Woods, and I don't think the players they've brought in are. And here was me thinking just not playing Gary Woods at all was a major upgrade, but it <laughs> turns out it's not. You have to do a little bit more than just remove the, the problem. Um, <laughs> okay, well, yeah, I, I love it. Senny Dieng was somebody that I thought looked pretty good, um, really capable shot stopper, um, behind, obviously, a, a very poor um, Dundee defence. Um, it seems like Hamilton has had a reasonable start to the new season for them uh, in the League Cup, so fair play to him. But Dieng certainly looked um, good for Dundee when I watched them last season. Um, I predicted for Hamilton to finish in 10th, um, but I absolutely don't disagree with your assessment of them. I think it's just that, yeah, I think there's quite a lot of dross down the bottom of the table this season, and maybe my bottom four are quite kind of interchangeable and hard for me to be certain about um but yeah 10th for me and, and 12th for you is that yeah yep that's right okay great um any final things to say about, about hamilton or are we moving on uh my final prediction is that brian rice is not the manager at the end of the season okay how quickly is he out i actually wrote down on my notepad christmas okay cool we'll, we'll keep a receipt on that obviously um so uh the next team to look at is hearts so Hearts um, have had a little bit of a tough start in the League Cup. Um, it seems to me like potentially goals are the issue. They've been peppering teams with um, shots, but haven't really been able to convert those um, into chances. I think we both watched their game against Dundee United um, at the start of this um, League Cup campaign. Um, have you seen any of the other games or highlights so far? Or No, I've, I've seen a couple of goals from Craig Halkett, um, but I've not managed to see any of the actual games in any major detail, unfortunately, or lucky for me, whatever way you want to look at it. <laughs> so that's been a major focus for us, I think, hoping that Craig Halkett will get into the team not just based on his goals, but also his defensive um, ability. And probably, ideally for Hearts, in our view at least, um, in place of Berra, perhaps with Suter, um, alongside them at the back. Um, I um, think that there are quite a lot of issues for Hearts. Um, I think that um, they've yet again had quite a lot of outgoings and quite a lot of incomings, um, a little bit more squad churn and a little bit uncertainty about exactly who your first choice 11 is and um, so on than I would perhaps like. Um, it seems like the fans are getting more and more disgruntled with Craig Levine. You know, Not only is there problems in terms of the style of football, there are now also maybe problems in terms of the results. Um, so that would be another one to keep an eye on and maybe see how long he remains um, in the managerial hot seat. My, my feeling is that Hearts will come sixth. That's the prediction that I'm going to make this season. Um, I just, yeah, I do see quite a few issues with the squad. What about you? Have you got a, a league finish prediction for me? I had Hearts to finish fifth. Okay, you've gone for fifth. Cool. And in terms of the area that I would look to strengthen in terms of transfers, well, I know that lack of goals um, is kind of being touted as the problem for them at the moment um, and certainly they've been taking lots of shots and, and not really scoring a lot I think though given that they have 
quite a few options already in place. So they've got Connor Washington, they've got Uche Ekpiezu, they've got Stephen McLean, they've got Walker back, um, they'll presumably have Naismith. Um, I, I think there's quite a fair bit of depth there, even if there's maybe a little bit of a lack of um, goal-scoring quality. For me, I think what they actually need to replace, and, and there are some other issues as well in the squad, I think uh, uh, as much as I like Aaron Hickey, um, very young player at left-back, uh, it kind of concerns me that he's maybe going to have to be the starting left-back. But for me, I think they need a quality midfielder. Um, I think that Doom might be more missed than people might realise. Um, and I, I, I think that's an area um, which, if I was them, I'd be looking to kind of strengthen. Um, what about you? Do, you? do you have any kind of area in particular you would pick out for them? Or Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. But one thing I just thought I would say um, from a positive perspective, um, right now uh, Hearts have got a kid on trial called Cletus Nomble, which one is a fantastic name. Um, he's a, a young, uh, I think is he a, a 19-year-old winger, 1920-year-old uh, winger um, from Dreams FC in Ghana. Um, uh, reportedly, uh, Hearts have beaten Club Bruges to his signature. Well, I, I, I don't want to break your um, name-based, uh, you know, kind of love for this kid and, and your heart at the same time. Okay. But he, he, he's had a work permit appeal rejected. I, I think Hearts had kind of, uh, he's not an international player, he's Ghanaian, but he's not had any international caps. Um, but I think Hearts had had, you know, made an appeal based on the quality of him as a player. Um, but it was a to each draw in the four-man independent appeals panel um, in terms of voting as to whether to give him a working visa. You need a majority vote uh, in those panels so he can't register with Hearts and can't play in Britain at the moment. Um, so th- that is a pity um, based alone on his name. Clayton Nombal is quite uh, the name to have had in their league and, and he might have been an exciting player but it's, it's not going to be. Um, so they need to keep searching for for the recruits, um, ideally from the same part of the world, that would do me. Maybe yeah. somebody that's slightly more likely to pass the um, visa process. Um, so that was sixth for me and fifth for you for Hearts. Is that right, Gavin? Yeah, yeah. That, that's right. Yeah. Let's move on to their Edinburgh neighbours, Hibs, and and if you'd give me your thoughts on Hibs and a prediction for them, and you know the transfer detail and so on. Uh, Hibs are sorry, someone that I'm going to be paying a lot of attention to. Um, I feel like they're actually set up for a bit of uh, a progression. Um, I've got them finishing fourth, um, and I don't think they're a million miles off catching Aberdeen. Um, I was lucky enough again to speak with uh, Ali Maxwell from the NTT20 podcast last week and got some really good insight into the players that Hibs have signed. Um, if you again, as Owen mentioned, if you've not listened to that, go check it out. If you want more information on the the Hibs players, we spent a bit of time speaking about um, those transfers and uh, Paul Heckenbottom. Um, I've gone. I've said the Hibs fourth, and I also expected to have quite a good cup run. Uh, I think their squad's in a bit of a better position in terms of depth. Uh, I like the signings of uh, Christian Deutsch. Uh, I think he'll be really good up here. I think last year part of their problem was they didn't actually have an out-and-out striker. Um, Mark McNulty, I think, flattered quite a bit, to be honest. Uh, He scored quite a few penalties and was on a really hot streak. And then after the game uh, for Scotland, uh, his goals dried up. So I wasn't convinced that he was a a long-term solution. Um, Losing uh, Omionga, who we both really liked, is a bit of a blow. Um, But I'm interested to see how Josh Vela does. Uh, From speaking to Ali last week, 
Um, the energy that Vela will give them seems like it could be uh, similar um, to what they got from Omionga in terms of um, covering the ground. If he's got the same technical ability, then that could be a really nice pickup. In terms of needs, uh, I've said that they still need a left-back. Uh, I've never been one that's really been convinced about Lewis Stevenson. I know a lot of Hibs fans uh, rate him, but I don't know if that's just through loyalty to the player as he's came through the academy and all that sort of stuff, but I just don't think his output is that great. Um, and that would be my area of focus for Hibs. I don't have anyone specific in mind, um, but yeah, left-back would be my focus. My prediction for Hibs was that they would get to third. So um, this is all based on listening to you and Ali Maxwell talk on our podcast <laughs> and, and <laughs> making me feel all positive about how they would do. Um, yeah, I just think that no, Heckingbottom seems to have um, something about them. Um, they had a very positive start to life in the Scottish Premiership. Um, they've done business kind of from the lower leagues of England which is maybe not that inspiring but they've done business early he seems to have addressed some needs in the squad um, Josh Fella um, seems like he's a good pick up um, yeah um, be interesting to keep an eye on them I also think that Marciano's uh, turned into a really good uh, shot stopping keeper recently um, and if Ryan Porteous can return from injury at the same sort of level he was playing at before then they've got a you know, a, a really, really high level um potential young centre back on, on their hands. So yeah, I, I feel quite positive about them. So I've plumped for third as my prediction for them. But when I was talking about Aberdeen at the start it was between Aberdeen and Hibs for third and fourth and I, I just opted for Aberdeen. But I think if Hibs continue on they could easily become the, the you know the third best team in Scotland. Martin Boyle should be back from injury as well, I think. So yeah. that's another kind of exciting um, addition and um, they've of course got Scott Allen coming in should be something in midfield and um, yeah I think I agree with you full back was kind of an issue last season maybe particularly with the way they played um, so let's see how that goes um, but yeah an exciting team to watch out for the next one on our list is Kilmarnock um, so Kilmarnock obviously last season um, had an you know, incredible performance under Steve Clark and finished up in third place um, the um, start to this season, clearly in the Europa League, has been less than terrific. Um, we have talked extensively on the podcast about our feelings around that and about the kind of reaction from the media to it, and we'd already kind of flagged up our concerns about um, Kamara's squad and some kind of deficiencies given, given the players that kind of exited them for various reasons and the lack of kind of any um, moves to address those so far. They've only brought in, as far as I'm aware at this point, um, a goalkeeper, Brunescu, and a sort of central midfielder with relatively defensive profile, El McCranny. Um, so I still have those ongoing concerns about their squad. I want Alessio to be given uh, time to embed his own kind of... Uh, ideas and, and perhaps get in some players and kind of get things going with them but I do think that things are going to be quite different for Kelly this season in fact I have them predicted to finish way down in seventh what about you Gavin where are you saying for Kilmarnock that's a little bit of snap mm-hmm. okay seventh as well yeah yeah um, so top of the bottom six which is not a terrible place to be I mean it might be that they just kind of edge into the bottom six and then maybe once the split happens they're able to kind of dominate against those other teams um, we shall see but that that's my uh, prediction on Gavin's seventh um, in terms of 
uh, area to strengthen in the transfer window. Well, I do think they've got a wee bit of an issue at goalkeeper. It remains to be seen if Branescu is the answer. Um, certainly, I think it's unlikely that two of the people that are in place, uh, either of the two people that are in place, rather, will be on the same level as Bachman was last season. Um, I think that there's some mobility issues um, through the kind of defensive spine of the team with Broadfoot uh, being quite old now and Power and Dicker um, also both ageing out and those people don't really want to be dragged over to the sidelines and, and kind of isolated one-on-one. Um, but the main kind of issue, I think, clearly is a lack of creativity and goals. Um, that was already maybe not their strength last season when they kept things tight and you know had um, fairly you know, low uh, expected goals output per game, but, you know, did enough. Um, but now, without having people like Jordan Jones, without having Yusuf Malumbu, with um, Chris Boyd going, um, without Miller, who was there on loan, Greg Stewart obviously was there for just half a season, but he was a big miss um, after he, he went. They, they really need something in those people's place. Ideally, um, a wide attacker who can score and create. Um, it's not an easy um, thing to find, I guess, but a team like Motherwell have shown that you can go out there early and perhaps get players of that sort. So I think that's what Motherwell need to, to get out there and find. Um, what about you, Gavin? Do you agree with that or a different thing they need? Or? Yeah, I agree with that, but I'm just going to throw out a controversial opinion that might upset a few listeners. Uh, Steve Clark left Kilmarnock in a little bit of a mess. Whether that's him specifically or the board, I'm not too sure. But when you think of Alan Power, Gary Dicker, Kurt Broadfoot, um, the age, uh, Chris Burke as well, the age of those players that were starters going into another full season. And when you look at their starting squad, it's tiny. Um, so I don't know. I don't know if that's his responsibility if he knew he was going to leave. But um, to me, that's just a, a thought that was in my head. Yep, I think we called that out a long, long time ago on the podcast that they were um, kind of walking into quicksand in some ways in terms of the age profile and the kind of size of the squad. So, um, seventh then for both yep. of us as the prediction as a result of that. The next team to look at then is Livingston. Gavin, uh, give me your prediction, your thoughts and so on on Livingston. Uh, first of all, I'll start with, um, you know, Livingston have lost a number of key players uh all in the defensive side, really. Liam Kelly, Craig Halkett, um, and Declan Gallagher. Um, those players were together for quite a number of years, uh, especially Halkett and Gallagher. Um, and then to lose Liam Kelly, who I thought was one of the best keepers in the league last season with his performances, um, to obviously to QPR, which is credit to him. Losing Halkett and Gallagher to league rivals and Motherwell and Hearts, respectively, is disappointing. Um, I'm not too convinced by the the player that they brought in, even so he's got a great name and CC Pepe. Um, so yeah, I I have got some concerns about Livingston um, just now, but from a positive perspective, and I, I'm going to pass this one over to you just a little bit about the winger they've brought in, uh, Soda. So you've seen him in the flesh. So what was your sort of thoughts around about him? Yeah, I really like him and Soda. Um, I think we spoke about him. Uh, a week or so ago when we did a kind of little scouting profile on the podcast but I think he's um, got nice vision uh, tidy feet, good pass um, he has really good delivery from set pieces 
um, I can see him being quite a dangerous player this season. He got a good goal um, in the game that I was at when they played against uh, Air United. Um, but I totally agree with you that there are some issues for Livingston in terms of what's happened to their squad. Keep in mind, it's not just the defensive players. So they've also lost Ryan Hardy and Dolly Menga up front. Um, they have you know, a kind of newish midfield in terms of uh, Marvin Bartley um, being there and, and some other people in that zone too. Um, so yeah, there's, there's been a, a lot of turnover in pretty key positions there. Um, I think that seems to be a theme for quite a few of these clubs. Um, I mean, we talked about Clark leaving Kilmarnock in a bit of a mess, um, but it's it's just an issue in the league, isn't it? And we've talked about this before, that there's so much turnover at times from season to season, um, which can make these predictions kind of fun because they're difficult, um, but uh, it must also make your pre-season and your management of teams pretty difficult too. Um, tell tell me anything more about Livingston that you want to add. Uh, yeah, so I I thought that bringing in a centre back was a priority. Um, uh, based on some of the reports around about Pepe, based on losing uh, Halkett and Gallagher, um, so I I've went to the old firm um, for another raid uh, or a potential loan deal. I thought I've got two names for you. Um, and uh, one is Jack Hendry, if they can manage to negotiate that with, with Celtic. I know Livingston don't have huge finances, um, so I thought of a contingency just in case uh, Jack they can't make Jack Hendry work from a financial perspective. But I do think Hendry needs first-team football if he's going to continue to develop, which makes sense. Um, if they can't make that work, what about uh, my personal favourite, Robbie Dees, um, on a loan from Celtic, uh, he's a Scotland under twenty one uh, player. Um, he played a full season with Cowden Beath. Um, I know that's not the same standard, but the school at Celtic and playing with Celtic, maybe it's someone to consider. Sure. Yep. Absolutely. Good shouts there. Um, what about prediction for me? Where do you think they're going to finish up? Uh, I've got Livingston finishing eighth. Okay. Um, it's another uh, snap I've got them in 8th as well um, when you were talking about them that's maybe a wee bit higher than what I thought you were going to put them in um, I feel very similar to you about the incomings and outgoings there and have some concerns about Pepe but um, I've got a sneaky feeling that the goalkeeper that's on loan from Aston Villa if he plays for them there's a kind of debate I guess between who's going to be the starting goalkeeper but Matias Sarkic got a wee feeling that he might be something of a saviour for them and I do think there is enough about them in terms of um, up front um, with you know being able to create things through Souda and Dykes um, that yeah they, they, they should be okay uh, and if there's just something about Livingston as we talked about in a podcast before there's a certain continuity uh, in terms of their approach to things and, and their kind of um, willingness to embrace anal- analytics and stuff that um, means I'm kind of rooting for them. Um, so the next team, I guess, on our list then is Motherwell. Um, so I'm going to go straight in here and say that my prediction for Motherwell is for them to finish in fifth this season. So a bit of an improvement from last season. What about you, Gavin? Do you have a, a position that they're going to finish in? Uh, Motherwell will be sixth for me. Okay. 
we're kind of alternating mother on hearts there position yeah. wise. Cool. Yeah. So I, I think um that in terms of the League Cup so far, Motherwell have made a really, really impressive start. I think they've made some good recruitment. Um we spoke about Hilton and Seedorf um on the podcast uh, a week or so ago. They've obviously lost Jake Hasty and Alex Gorin and David Turnbull's out for um, a period of time with injury. Um, but I think they've made some good moves uh, in terms of maybe not directly replacing people like Goran, um, but at least getting some of that they'll miss uh, in terms of Hasty and Turnbull out of the squad in there in ter- uh, with Hilton and Seedorf. I also like their pickup of uh, Polworth. Um, I think that he'll be a, a good um, creative force in a different type of way to Hilton and Seedorf for them. Um I um, think that the kind of switch in football style for them that happened last season is going to continue by the looks of things. They're still going to embrace a kind of 4-3-3, a bit more possession-orientated in the past and uh, a little less long ball. Um, And I think that now they know what they're doing with that, that will mean that they kind of can um, get up to the heady heights of, of fifth <laughs> for me. Um, I like it. I, I, yeah, great. Um, I think if I was going to pick out an area for them to improve in the transfer market, even though they've done quite a lot of business early, um, I would potentially be looking at another centre-back. So they have brought in Declan Gallagher, who I think will be a really good pickup, um, as long as he doesn't um, let those long diagonal balls he likes sending to the left wing um, be telegraphed too clearly and be intercepted but I'm I'm not entirely convinced um, I, it's probably unfair of me but I'm not entirely convinced by the other options they do have at centre back um, there are you know a, a bunch of other options there but I, I just I'm not certain and particularly if they are going to play a sort of possession orientated um, game that's one of the reasons why I'm not entirely convinced by those players. Um, I just think they need to be really careful about getting the right kind of profile of centre back in um, alongside Gallagher, um, maybe if they can. And the other thing to look at, although given they've got quite a lot of options in the centre forward um, areas, I'm not entirely sure that I'm convinced by the options they do have. But my focus might not be there because I think there's probably enough goals in terms of other people um, in the team. But there's there's maybe kind of three or four forwards, centre forwards who are vying for that number nine role. I'm not entirely sure that any one of them is is definitely the answer at this point. But centre back for me. What about you? Any thoughts on them, Gavin? Uh, Yeah, just quickly, I think that um, I think Stephen Robinson deserves a lot of credit for. Uh, changing his style and it's what we want to see a bit more attack in football and I think there's almost with some clubs I think there's a school of thought of you don't have the players to be able to do it to to um, apply it correctly throughout your team whereas I think Robinson has shown that if you um, adapt you you know you can make it work and some smart recruitment I think um, the Seedorf Hilton and also the early signs on Illich as well are all really positive. So I think it'll be exciting to see how they, they kick on this year. Hmm. Okay, great. Um, so uh, moving forward then from Motherwell to Rangers. Um, Gavin, give me a, a breakdown of what you think will be 
kind of ranger season and your predictions for where they'll end up and what, what your thoughts are transfer window wise yep so rangers for me are second uh nailed on um i also think this year they will win a cup but also they have to win a cup um in terms of their expectations i've also got down that um if they need the draw in the europa league to be favorable um but i would say that you know getting to the groups again would be something that i would consider a bit of a success uh, it's not easy for Scottish teams. Um, the draw can be very unkind. Um, so if they can do that, that would be, you know, a big tip for me. Uh, in terms of recruitment, um, I've been quite impressed with some of the moves that Rangers have made. Um, I think we're both fans of uh, Joe Aribo, and that full deal ticks like a massive box for me. And again, when I was speaking to um, Ali from NTT Twenty. He was uh, really big on uh, Aribo's quality at Charlton last year and obviously would have seen him a lot more than you or I. Um, so I think that that's a move that I'm really excited to see pan out. But I also like, uh, I know Shea Ojo had quite a lot of crit- uh, criticism um, for his performances in France, but the early signs at Rangers look like he's fitting in and he looks like he's going to offer something uh, a bit different. Um so those two in specific that have been brought in, I'm excited about. I think overall this transfer window from Rangers has been better. I think the standard of player they've brought in was better than the last transfer window. Um, I, there's still maybe some question marks for me um, around about the left-back position. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of Barisic, but it doesn't seem like Gerrard's uh, sold on him yet. So I think that's something that they either stick to Barisic uh, and give him the run of games that he needs, or they look to address it and have a, a you know a left back that they can be um, playing week in and week out. I don't think Andy Halliday at left back is the answer. Um, I think people get a little bit too um, positive about his performances based on you know his love for the club and things like that. But when I watch the um, so I watched the Rangers St. Joseph game uh, away where I thought Barisic, he, he set up a goal, played pretty well for me. Um, but then when I watched the Rangers game against Progress, I thought Halliday's final ball was quite poor. Um, and I think he maybe got uh, away with that more than Barisic would have just based on uh, he loves the club and that sort of thing. Um, so yeah, that's my sort of take on Rangers just now. I think second, but... A risk could be if they lose Morelos. I think that could cause some major disruptions. Um, I think we've both agreed that Defoe is not a long-term answer. Uh, and I'm not sure that Stewart is either uh, as a number nine. So I think that would be a, a major blow to lose him. You know, Even if they did get in the sort of good fee that we want to see for Scottish clubs, I think they could be scrambling to find a replacement. Yeah, I completely agree with your take there, Gavin. And I have Rangers uh, predicted to finish second as well. It was interesting when you were talking up Borna Barisic there, um, given that I have him in my Fantasy Football Scotland team. So um, I certainly do agree that I hope uh, Gerard plays him, just so I can get some points in that game. Um, and yeah, I, I completely agree that losing Morelos may be an issue for Rangers in terms of being able to replace him in the kind of short period of time that they'd have. Um, I have a sneaky eye on Al McGregor as well. Um, just you know, ages, um, you know, ticking on. Um, be interesting to see if 
obviously he's a brilliant goalkeeper, but I just have one eye on his performances this season just to see if he's still able to perform. Would you trust, just on that recently. point, would you trust um, Fodringham to step in for McGregor or would you look for another goalkeeper? Um, I'd be probably getting ready to look for another goalkeeper, but I would... Um, it's a difficult situation, isn't it? Because McGregor's going to be your starter, um, but I might maybe have been trying to get somebody that would have been real competition for him this season. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Um, I, I think Fodderingham's good enough um, to be a stopgap replacement in the league, but it's things like Europa League that I would be concerned about and, and really wanting to kind of challenge on different levels for tournaments. I'm not sure if he's at the kind of level to be a long-term really replacement for, for McGregor. Anyway, um, second for me, second for you. Um, moving on to Ross County. Um, so Ross County obviously are promoted team in the division um, under Ferguson and Kettlewell. I did note that they've had quite a positive pre-season. Um, so they had an 11-0 win um, over Forest Mechanics, <laughs> which is, uh, yeah, something. Uh, bad day out for the Mechanics, I guess. Um, and then they have um, topped their uh, League Cup group with, um, I saw Ross Stewart has scored, uh, he's just 23 and he's got a bunch of goals. Um, they actually scored 12 goals and only conceded two in their uh, League Cup fixtures so far. Um, I saw them in a televised game against St Johnston. Did you see that game, Gavin? Did you watch it? Yeah, I did. I did. I was uh, really, really impressed with them, if I'm being honest. I didn't expect them to play the way that they did play, if if that makes sense. Uh, there's still a few maybe quality issues, but I thought they tried to be really progressive with the ball, which I like. Yeah, well, they, they, they definitely try and get it on the deck initially and, and then get it into wide areas and um, kind of try and get goals from those wide areas um, and I agree I liked the way that they played in midfield at times in terms of getting the ball down and always looking for um, runners to their sides um, which was good um, and, and they certainly didn't look out of place against St Johnston whether that says more about St Johnston than it does about Ross County is a, I guess um, something you could debate um, but well, let's get to the nitty-gritty then. Um, I'm sorry to say, despite all that, um, I have Ross County coming in 12th. Oh, wow. Um, I just think, yeah, um, I, I think that they're going to get found out in certain ways. So I, I respect the um, uh, desire to get the ball on the deck and play it, but I just felt that some of the ways in which they were doing it in midfield, I think if they do that against the wrong teams, and I, I wasn't convinced that they had... Um, maybe the, the the desire or the tactics to play things slightly different. I think if they continue that exact approach against most of the teams in the league, they're going to get found out. Um, and I think there's a bit of an issue with quality at centre-back for me as well. Um, and again, I, I don't want that to come across unfair. I think they've done brilliantly to be promoted and I look forward to watching them. Um, and there's certainly lots of things I like about them. But I just have some concerns um what, what about you do you do you have them finishing a bit higher up yeah i do i've got them finishing ninth uh, i'm quite positive about them uh i like uh the way they played i like some of their signings uh that they've made um i think josh mullen is a, a great player on the wing i think he'll cause real troubles billy mckay's a goal scorer um yeah I th- i'm i'm quite 
quite high on them. I think they do need to address the centre-back position. That was something for me that stood out in the St Johnston game. Uh, there was a couple of times where I think they were they were found out. Um, so if they can bring someone in that, that area, I think that would be, you know, really help their chances. But I think Billy Mackay will be uh, a big difference for them. His, his goals to game, you know, record in Scotland is crazy. Um, I think he had like one and two, um, one goal every two games for Inverness Cali Thistle when he was there before in the Premiership. Uh, I know it's obviously a different era, etc. But um, a proven goal scorer for a you know a team at the bottom end of the league, I think that's the difference that can push you between you know that twelfth to ninth space. Well, that's um, definitely something to look out for. I think I, I, I yeah I I feel like I've maybe been a wee bit harsh there, um, particularly on being a newly kind of promoted side, but. Yeah, it's, it's just kind of that defensive midfield area and, and centre-back area. I just think that they might struggle there. Um, so let's move on uh, to our second last team. So from Ross County, we're going to the team that we um, saw them play against, which was St Johnston. Give me your thoughts on uh, where they'll end up and you know, so on. Uh, I'm very worried about St Johnston. Uh, I've, I've got them finishing 11th, which is quite a drop-off. Um their squad is really, I don't know how to describe it, because they've got a fair amount of players, but there's not a lot of quality, is the way it comes across to me. Um, I'm worried about their their centre-back position. Um, Jason Kerr is a good centre-back, um, but Stephen Anderson uh, was on loan at Partick Thistle last year, and he is he, he can't turn. Uh, I've seen Milk turn quicker. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm worried about people running at him, uh, I'm also worried about if they decide to cash in on Xander Clark, who's now got twelve months left in his contract. Um, do they do they risk um, losing him for nothing? And even if they do keep him and he signs a pre-contract in January, do we see a bit of what happened with Jordan Jones at Kilmarnock? Um, yeah, I'm just there's so many alarm bells going off. They missed out on Stevie May. Um, Apparently he's about to sign for Dundee in the Championship. Um, so to me, that's that's another concern that a player that won the Scottish Cup with St Johnston as a St Johnston youth player is going to opt for the rival over St Johnston. Um, that's that's concerning me. And and just finally, there was words that um, Tommy Wright said after the defeat uh, from Forfar. Um, their Betfred Cup, Betfred Cup performances have been nothing short of embarrassing, in my opinion. Um, but Tommy Wright came out and said that the young players didn't take their chance. Um, so the young players that played that game was Callum Hendry, Kyle McLean and Ali McCann. Um, if you take them away from their starting 11, they've only got something like 14 players. So the squad depth isn't there. If you're not happy with the standard performance you're, you're getting from those players, and I think that's quite... That's not the sort of thing I would like to hear a manager say about younger players um, and I think he, he actually dug out the the older players um, by saying he knows what he's going to get from them so he's not as hard on them which I was like you've just those are surely it's the opposite way you want your older players to be carrying your younger players in games against teams like Forfa rather than the younger players have to go out and impress and the older players don't have to worry so 
sounds um, a little bit like he's lost a, a wee bit. I mean, uh, maybe that's a wee bit rude, but um, I did see that he'd said, he was asked about Stevie May after the game, and he said something like, I've had enough of Stevie May. I have more worries right now than Stevie May. It does sound a wee bit like kind of bunker mentality, and he's kind of turning against the squad maybe a wee bit and stuff, if he's saying things like that, and, and it's all... Hmm, okay. Um, what about... What can they do, transfer window-wise? What do they need? They desperately need a striker. Chris Kane, I don't know if you remember in the Ross County game where Chris Kane, um, 25 yards from goal, was one-on-one with the Ross County keeper who's absolutely awful, uh, Ross Laidlaw. Um, Chris Kane, I think the second we could all see that he was one-on-one with the keeper, nobody believed he was going to score. He didn't believe he was going to score. The stadium didn't believe he was going to score. Everyone watched the game didn't believe he was going to score. And he didn't score. One-on-one with the keeper with a clear run from 25 yards. Um, You couldn't really ask for a better chance for a striker, to be honest. Um, So identifying a a goal threat is an absolute must, but their squad is a mess. Um, There's a lot of ageing players, and yeah, there's just so many concerns about that team for me just now. And I worry that if St Johnston go down they could find themselves in a position similar to Partick Thistle and Inverness where it might be very difficult for them to get back up. Yeah, I, I pretty much agree with your assessment there. However, I've been a little bit more generous in terms of league finish. So I said I thought St Johnston would finish ninth. Um, but as I said kind of earlier in the show, the bottom four I'm really unsure about. I think there's a lot of dross there and anything could happen really. Um, there might be some shocks this season that's kind of difficult to tell at this point what the kind of League Cup results mean and there's still a bit of the window open. But yeah, ninth for me, uh, 11th for Gavin for St Johnston. Um, so final team on the list is St Mirren. So um, St Mirren obviously lost Oren Kearney as their manager for um, who, who knows exactly what reason a wee bit early in the summer. Um, they brought in Jim Goodwin from Alloa. It's not been the best of starts, I guess you would say, for Goodwin. So in the League Cup, um, we both, I think, watched the game where they lost to Dunfermline, um, where they were down 3-0 at half-time, I guess, and, and then kind of got it back to 3-2, but still lost. They then had a narrow win, I think it was 1-0 against Edinburgh City, and then they had 0-0 draws with East Kilbride and Albion Rovers, and of course the subsequent um, penalty um, shootouts, I think they won one of those penalty shootouts and lost one, but either way, uh, drawing uh, 0-0 with lower league opposition, not exactly a good thing. Um, I have some concerns with St Mirren. Their squad is exceptionally thin at the moment. Um, They had some loans uh, last season, such as uh, Popescu, centre-back that um, helped kind of bolster the squad and and add some quality but the squad's looking very very thin Um, it's not exactly looking like um, they've done anything to address any of the issues that existed last season in fact things have kind of got worse which is never a good sign Um, so my prediction for them is that they're going to finish 11th um, again I guess but as I said, you know anything could happen. Potentially, that might be interchangeable with another team near the bottom. What about you, Gavin? Do you have a, a league place position? What have you got left? I've got St Mirren in tenth, but um, I think a lot of that came down to my like for uh, Vaclav Hladky. Um, and also, there was rumours, or not rumours, it was reported tonight that um, Popescu has been left out of the Dynamo Bucharest squad, and that a move to St Mirren is back on. 
so if they're able to pull that in, I think that's a, a good start to uh, fixing their squad. They've only got 16 first-team players, and that includes guys like uh, Ethan Erhon and Cammy McPherson, who are you know, both academy players um, in my eyes. That's the people that should be on the periphery of your squad rather than um, almost guaranteed starters. Um, so yeah, they've definitely got some work to do in terms of recruitment. Um, the early signs haven't been positive with Jim Goodwin, but um, I think that if you look at what he done with Alloa, um last year they were very, very slow starters. Um, and then I think it was around about November time they turned a corner and, and sort of saved their season. Um, and I think this might be something similar. But um, the recruitment for Goodwin is it's imperative that he gets that in sooner rather than later. He did some quite good business on loan for Aloha, if I remember rightly, last season. So that might be another um, kind of avenue for him, um, out of necessity, I guess, uh, given probably budget, as well as maybe it's an area that he's quite good at. Um, my concern is that even if they do get um, Pescu back in, and even with Ladke, who I do rate as a goalkeeper, that there's a bit of an issue up front. Um, so I think that you could see that um, in the, the, the kind of games that they have played in the League Cup so far with you know narrow wins and nil-nil draws. Um, I just think there's a bit of a lack of quality up front in terms of goals and that could really hurt them. Um, what what about you? Is that where you would aim for? Are you all in on Popescu? Is that the kind of transfer solution? If you, I think their whole squad, I think they probably need every position apart from keeper. Um, they're, I'm okay with Ladke, uh, hands down. Um, I'm a little bit more positive about uh, Cody Cook. I think he's got a lot of energy. Um, but uh, I think he needs someone beside him. Um, so yeah, I think they need probably one player from for each starting position almost. Um, well, that's a lot of work. Okay, well, um, that kind of concludes our predictions um, for this season's Scottish Premiership. Um, as I said, you, the listener, are very welcome to send in your own predictions. Um, you can hit us up at the Pure Football account on whatever social uh, media you use. It's at Pure Football. Um, also, get involved in the Fantasy League. Um, have a look at the Twitter page in particular to see the sort of prizes that are on offer um, and see some of the teams that people have already kind of sent in uh, images on Twitter of their selections. Gavin, have you got kind of any final thoughts to add in relation to that or anything this evening? Uh, no, just again, thank you to everyone uh, that's listened uh, over the last week. Uh, it was some really nice feedback around the bonus episode and that's something that we'll maybe explore in the future. And yeah, keep subscribing, tell a friend, share, uh, get involved in any way. Um, we always want feedback, so, so hit us up. Great. Thanks very much for listening. Goodbye.